Well, amen, amen, and amen. That's so wonderful. It's so good to be here. I, before I get started, I want to say that um, not always do you have a whole row of people from uh, New Life Church in the past uh, standing right here on the third row. It's good to see you guys. <laughs> it's kind of frightening, you know, <laughs> and wonderful, and wonderful. It's good to see you guys. We'll talk. Uh, now, I am completely at home uh, preaching God's Word, and we're going to be in Psalm 19 today. And what I want to do in November is I want to go through a series of messages on what I'm thankful, for, thankful to God for, and I won't be able to do all of those things in, uh, in the you know, four Sundays, but uh, I will tell you some of those things. And, and along the way, you'll get to know me and wonder you know, about me and figure me out a little bit as I preach. That'll happen. And so in December, we'll uh, talk about Christmas things, a series of Christmas messages. And then in January, we're going to start a study in the book of Hebrews. So get charged up, start reading, and get ready for that. And uh, that'll take us through a lot of things in the Old and New Testaments. And so just be aware that's what's going on. I wanted to introduce that to you so you'd, so you'd be aware of that. And so... Now, I know normally it's customary to, for you to stand in the reading of God's Word, but I want to tell you, um, we're not dishonoring God's Word by not standing, but you'd be standing a while. Uh, 14 verses, and I'll read the whole thing. So I'm not going to read the whole passage and have you stand, so forgive me for that. Um, today I'm going to preach on the revelation of God, Psalm 19, verses 1 to 14. So I have to get started so you'll finish. Because I know how that works or doesn't work. There are two things we're going to talk about today, and that God has revealed himself in his world, the world that he created, and he's revealed himself in his word. And we're going to talk about those things in Psalm 19. Just let it say what it says. And so let's look at Psalm 19, beginning in verse, verses 1 through 6. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Now I've got to... I got a clicker here and I know how to use it. That was, the last part was a joke. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm clicking now. The heavens are telling the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. So God, I'm so thankful for the revelation of God. When you look out at the night sky, you can't help but think somebody put it there. And when you see the sunrise and see the sunset and the beautiful sunsets I've seen the last few days, you think about the revelation of God and the, the, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. And so that's, that's very cool. It says, there is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Now, if you're a student of God's word and you've studied quite a bit, you've studied this verse, you know that there are a couple of ways people can look at this verse. And one of them is that there is no speech, nor there are words, that there's nothing being said because there are no words when you look out at creation, and their voice is not heard, so there's not a voice being heard. But there's also another way that people have looked at this passage, and that is, as we move through the, this psalm, you'll see that even though there are no words like we're using right now, every language 
Every people group understands the revelation of God in nature. You can look at Romans chapter 1 and you can see that God has spoken to us. So it's not either or, mostly both, uh, both and, I think, is the way you'll see that. It says, their line has gone out through all the earth and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. So he gives a, a, a poetic picture of what it looks like when God speaks in nature. And when he speaks through his world, uh, what, here we're talking about the sun. Now, we know that the, uh, the earth revolves and, and, and it rotates and we know all about that. We're so knowledgeable, we know so much. Uh, and we still, no matter how smart, how smarty pants we are, do you still the guys on the telling the weather? They talk about sunrise and sunset. I don't know why they don't say rotation and revolve. I don't know. We still call it that. So we use language like that because, from our vantage point, it looks like it's rising, and and it looks like a bridegroom coming out, you know, ready for his wedding day. Here I am. I'm the sun. Isn't that just a great picture? You see that and you think, oh, or a strong man coming to run his course. Every day you see the sunrise from now on, just think about that. And think about God has revealed himself to us in this. He's the creator of the universe. He's the maker and sustainer of everything. And so you know that. You're here today probably because you know that very well. But the world out there doesn't get it. It seems like they're drifting away from everything that makes sense and they talk about, I don't even believe in creation and all of that. I said, well, it's all around you. There it is. I don't know how you can miss it. It'll run into you one day, I guess. But it's, it's rising is from one end, of, one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. Now, there, I don't have a measuring tape long enough to measure how far it is from the sun to the earth. That's a long ways. I mean, if you started traveling right now, it would take you a long time to get there. And when you got there, you wished you hadn't traveled. And you say, I've made this long trip and it just burns me up. <laughs> so just take my word for it. It's a long trip. It's a long way. But there's nothing that is hidden from its heat. In God's created world, heat traveling that distance and reaching this earth and warming things up. And I'm still having a little bit of difficulty getting used to, you know, 70s and 80s in November. So I don't know. I just don't know. It's not a, not a customary thing for, for us. And by the way, I am from North Carolina and went to Massachusetts, so that's where I got my accent, in case somebody's wondering. Somebody said, well, you don't sound like you're from Massachusetts. I said, they all talk like this. <laughs> but I can't get that past this row here. They, <laughs> They're staring at me like, don't you lie, you know, so, so, like I would ever do that. You know, it's just, uh, I've been working on a southern accent for a while, but it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I will talk more about that as we move along through the Sunday by Sunday. I've got some ridiculous things to say about it. What I want to camp, in, camp out on next, and is the thing we want to look at the most, is this. This part where God has revealed himself in his world, but he's revealed himself in his word. And boy, I want to spend a lot of time on this, but you'll only endure so much. So I'll be nice. Look at, look at this, and, and I'll, I'll break it down as, and, and come back to it in a minute, but look at this. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Now, making wise the simple is what it looks like. Uh, 
somebody who's naive, not you know, not, not very, uh, say not very bright, but you know, sometimes we don't always pay attention. That kind of person. Well, the, the word of God will is perfect, and it will make you wise, even though you're simple. And um, and we're all just to go ahead and confess everybody's sins. We're all simple. I don't even have to know you. Tell you right now, you're simple, at least in some regard. And God will make you wise with His word. And so we'll we'll come back to that in a minute. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Now, when you see the word Lord there, all caps, all, all caps there, that's Yahweh. That's the name of God, Yahweh. That's the I am that I am, I am who I am. That's the word. And it's the word that when Moses said, who should I tell them that, that you are? He said, tell them I am. And that's, that's the, so when you see that in all caps, that's who that is. So the precepts of, the, of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of, the, of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. We'll come back to these verses because I can't help it. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Now you see here what's happened. Here you have the fear of the Lord. It seems a little different than the rest of everything else, doesn't it? You're talking about the law of the Lord. You're talking about the, the judgments of the Lord here. The fear of the Lord is a phrase that's used for the word of God in this context. The fear, the reverence for the Lord. That respect for the Lord. Boy, I want to tell you what, if I could, I might stop and shout once in a while. You just, you'll hang in there, I'm sure. You've seen any preacher just clear a spot and have a fit. That could happen. That could happen. Especially on this subject, it seems like people have... Uh, no respect, no reverence for God. It's almost like, and don't, don't tell me you haven't done it at least a little bit because we've all made this mistake where we uh, sometimes want to tell God what he ought to do. That's not very smart. I think God has everything in, in order. I don't think he needs your help, but sometimes we think in our prayers and sometimes in our goals, we think, God, you need a little help here, God. And we sometimes think prayer is telling God what he ought to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you'll grow up one day and learn that's not what prayer is about. Now, keep on praying any way you want to. You need to practice, but you need to get it right. Prayer is God making you what he wants you to be. He doesn't need anything else. He doesn't need to be any different. So when you're praying and talking to God about things, you begin to learn how he is and how he wants you to be and what he wants to do in your life. And your prayers become fashioned differently. And it's, it's called maturing in Christ. So everybody's at a different place in their level of maturity. And then God just carries us along. But the word of God does that. It says they are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Now this, if this is true, if this is true because I've seen the dessert table. <laughs> and I've seen the dessert table and it's like don't put your hand in there because you might draw back a nub kind of thing. Everybody goes to the dessert table. As a matter of fact, I got some instructions, and I've had these instructions before, and I didn't follow them, but I've had them. And when you go through the line, get your dessert first. Because when you come back, it might not be there. Now, if that is the way the Word of God is, more desirable than gold, everybody seems to be looking for more money, 
sweeter than honey? The honey comes out. Is that the way we look at the Word of God? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to tell you. I don't. I don't observe this too much. It just seems like if the Word of God was that special, that'd be the first place you'd pull up a chair and say, "Tell me the Word of." Let's get into the Word of God. I want to know what the Word of God has to say about any given subject. And as we move week by week by week, there are going to be some things said from God's Word. You're going to say, "Wait a minute." I don't know about that. And I'm going to say, wait a minute. There it is. <laughs> I didn't write it. I don't apologize for it. I say what it says. If you don't like it, what am I supposed to do? Tell God to change it? <laughs> I'd rather just tell you to change it. Change, change your opinion on it. That's why we do what we do. We, we, we're, we're being molded and shaped into God's image. But it is, it is sweet. It is sweet. When you really get to know God's word, it is so sweet and it's so valuable. The most valuable thing that we have on this earth is the Word of God. It's just, it's eternal. Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven, it says in Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever. Everything that you'll study will be true forever. What a job I have. I like it. Thanks for allowing me to be here and do it. It's just wonderful. Now I want to go through this because this is uh, I wanted you to see this. I know you saw it, but I want you to see it again. As we went through, I just put this together, and uh, that's what it says. And this is the law, the law, the, the Word of God is called the law, the testimony, the precepts, the commandments, the fear, the judgments. You see how these are titles for the Word of God. This is the revelation of God. You would not know anything about God except that he revealed himself in his world by creating things and gave you his word so that you'd know what he's all about. You learn things about God as you study God's word. And even in this passage as it's talking about the word of God being all these things, it tells you what the word of God does. But first it tells you what the word of God is. Perfect. Now, I was going to start out because I, I didn't know how to start the sermon out. Not that I haven't been doing this a week or two, but I decided just to go ahead and do it this way. What we're looking for in our world, and this would be, I guess, everybody in some ways looking for something that's perfect and sure and right and pure and clean and true. If you have any vestige of decency in your life anymore, you are a person that looks for things that are perfect and sure and right and pure and clean and true. We long for that. Boy, if you could take that filter, and everything in the world, everything in every movie and every book and every article and every blog and everything, that you, and just put that filter that it has to be perfect, sure, right, pure, clean and true, well, we wouldn't have to worry about whatever we're watching, whatever we're reading, whatever we hear, wouldn't we? But boy, we have a problem, don't we? Because the Word of God is all of those things, look what it does. It does what the world is looking for, but the world's not looking to God's Word for it. Look what it does. It restores the soul. How many people are in some kind of counseling or therapy or some kind of turning to some kinds of uh, drugs or whatever they're looking for to have their soul be satisfied, to where the soul can be genuinely happy. It's in the Word of God. It'll restore your soul. So I don't believe it. Well, you haven't tried it. You haven't tried it. Makes wise the simple. I've already talked about that. 
We're naive about so many things that God has revealed to us in his word, and when we find out what they are, we go, oh, well, now I understand. Uh, I don't know, every time I've been studying the word of God for a good bit, and every time I study it, I go, oh, oh, that's, oh, I get it now. And then somebody says to me, oh, pastor, I've read the Bible. I just didn't get much out of it. And I go, Did you open it up and read it? Did you, did, you, did, you, did you sit there a while? So it's hard for me to understand. It was hard for me to understand why you wouldn't have a little more oomph, a little more curiosity about something that will make you wise. You already revealed that you're not very wise by saying, I'm not too interested in it. So I can't really help you. You know, it's like, you come to the doctor and say, I'm sick, and he, I got you some medicine here. You say, I don't want to take any medicine. I just want to be better. It's okay. Well, go be better then. I've got the medicine right here. Man. Just, just take it in. Take it in. And it says, rejoicing the heart. Joy. Now, joy is different from happiness. Happiness is happenings that happen to happen affect your happiness, you know, but... Joy is, is, something that's, is something that you have all the time. When everything's falling apart all around you, you're not falling apart inside because you have joy. It rejoices your heart. It brings that great joy that comes from within. You can sing praises to God and you can genuinely praise God when things are falling apart. <laughs> and they are. Did you notice? They're falling apart. I know people are like, everything's great, everything's great, and things are falling apart. I'm going, it doesn't look great to me. But I'm not worried about it because uh, it's really not falling apart as much as it's falling into place, right? God's got a plan. God's got a plan. The economy's going down the tubes. But I can have rejoicing in my heart because my trust is not in the economy. It's in God. And by the way, he owns everything. So you're not going to go without. He's going to take care of you. So I don't know if I can believe that. Yeah, it'll make wise the simple. And it'll rejoice your heart if you get what God's word has to say. How do you think you got here anyhow? Do you think you just showed up and God brought you to this point? You haven't died yet. Look at you. You thought you did it. Oh, please. Enlightening the eyes, we need that. Enlightening and enduring forever, and righteous altogether. These are these are things that, when you read Psalm 19, it'll help you. It's one of those psalms that, and I think the premier psalm on this subject. Just to read it doesn't take long to read it, but it reminds you. So we need a reminder all the time of what God is doing and what He's done in His Word. And so we have today this whole this whole thing that. God revealed himself in the world and in his word, and then now, your response. There's always going to need to be a response to what God's word says, always. You can say, no, I'm not going to do what it says. No, I'm not going to believe what it says. You can do whatever. But you have a response. But when you embrace what it has to say, this is what happens. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is a great reward. God's word is designed, every bit of it, to help you receive a great reward. So I thought it was to tell me that I can't do certain things so I can't have fun. <laughs> you're having fun? You're, you're having fun. 
I've seen people have fun. I've seen people drink themselves so silly and then throw up and they call that fun. I've never figured that one out. Yippee, we're having a blast. I've just never haven't gotten a hold of that. And anything you want to name, I won't go through naming all kinds of things, but you think, if people are really having fun, why are they so empty? Why they, they're not really having fun. They're, they've gone out of the boundaries of what God has given to us. And out, out of the boundaries, things are not enjoyable. In the boundaries that God has given us, he's like, God's keeping me from having fun. No, he's keeping you in the backyard so the wolves don't eat you. That's what he's doing. You stay in there, you have a blast. It's a reward. Who can discern his errors and acquit me of hidden faults? So you don't even know what's wrong with you. Who can discern his errors? I don't even know what's wrong with me. I look in God's Word and say, oh, that's what's wrong with me. I see now. Oh, boy. That's what God's Word does. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. A presumptuous sin is something you know God's Word tells you not to do. Or something he tells you to do, you leave out. And you presume upon God's grace by saying, well, he'll forgive me. That's presumptuous. I know I shouldn't do that, but I do it anyway. That's presumptuous. Now, if you're just plum ignorant and there's a lot of that going around, you just don't know, and you do something, that's different. It's still wrong, it doesn't make it right, but, but when you know, that's, that's presumptuous. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Blameless, doesn't mean you're perfect, it means you're blameless. It means that nobody can point to you and say, that person right there is rebelling against God and doesn't care about the things of God at all. Just living a lifestyle outside of the boundaries of God. They won't be, to be able to say that about you. Blameless. Acquitted of great transgression. And in the last verse, this is our prayer today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, is, O Yahweh, O I am, my rock and my redeemer. The words of my mouth and meditation of my heart. What I say, what, I, what my motive is, what's, what I'm thinking about in my heart, be acceptable in your sight. I'm thinking what you're thinking, Lord. I'm saying what you would want me to say, Lord. That, that's where we're going. Now I say, well, Pastor, I'm not there yet. Oh, I know it. Maybe you're closer than you used to be. Maybe you're further than you used to be. I don't know what you used to be or what you are now, but I know this. There's only one step that you need to take. No matter how many steps you've taken away from God, it only takes one to get back to Him. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So right now, to say, I'm so far out. I, everything that's right is blurry to me. I'm so far away. You can come back to God today. That's your choice. You can stay in that distant place where everything's blurry and you can't see the things of God at all. And you, you feel like nobody cares. And what if they don't? What if they don't care? So, pastor, don't say that. Well, it's not true. People do care. But what if you feel that way and you really think that way? God cares. God cares. He's shown you his world. Do you see the sunrise? Do you see the sunset? Do you see the starry skies? God is screaming at you. Screaming at you. And then he gave you. The Word of God. I'm holding in my hands the Word of God. It, not everybody in every generation could do that. 
but you probably have two or three or four or five or six at home. It works better when you do this. Just saying, it's just made that way. And then reading it and studying it and looking at it, it's, it's powerful. Where are you? Where are you? You know what God said to Adam after Adam and Eve had sinned against God? God knew where he was. Not like God said, whoops, I've lost him. Okay. Where are you? That's what God's saying today. Where are you? Where are you? So I don't know where you are. And it's the beauty of being a pastor the first Sunday. I don't even know how bad you are. <laughs> but I do know all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I do know that. So I know we're in the same camp. You know, I'm, I'm here too. And whoops, here we are. But I do know this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. But I do know where you can be. And my prayer always, and you, you bring somebody with you from work or from your family to visit this church, I'll make a promise to you. I'll do all kinds of things. I'll teach all kinds of things. We'll get into some in-depth kind of teaching. We'll have a blast doing that. But I'll always, always tell them how to know Jesus. Because if you don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter what you know. If you don't know him, it's worthless. And I promise you this that I do my best to convey the love of Christ as I do this. Because I love people. I want, I want to look across the portals of heaven and see every one of you there. I just want you to be there. And we'll be perfect then. We'll look a lot better. And it'll be nice and all the stuff, but everything will be fixed for eternity. That'll be so wonderful. But I want to see you there. And if you're sitting here today and you think, I don't even know why I came here today, I don't even know why I'm listening to this guy, no, I, that may be you. Well, welcome. But I want you to get right with God right now. We're going to have an invitation song. And as we sing this invitation song, you contemplate what's going on. But I want us to pray together just now. We're going to pray together. And I want you to do something that you, maybe you've never done in your life. Say, God, I surrender everything to you. Everything. There's not a thing that I'm not surrendering to you. I just surrender it all to you. I just give it to you. I come just as I am, all messed up and all the help I need, and I just surrender everything to you. And God, by his spirit, is working in your heart. He's pulling and tugging at you. I don't have any gifts or abilities to do that. I can't get people to do anything. But God is working in your heart. I remember when he worked in my heart and he pulled me and he was drawing me. I knew it. I felt like, like nothing else. When he did that, I surrendered. I've never been, never been the same. So I don't know where you are, what God's doing in your life, but I invite you to pray with me just now as we pray together. Before we sing, let's pray together. I want you to listen to what God is doing in your life. Let the Word of God do what it's supposed to do in your life. The Bible says that God demonstrated His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm asking you today to surrender your life to Christ and say, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross to pay for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead that I could be made right with God. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my life today and be my Lord and my Savior.
come into my life and take over every aspect of my life. And if that's your prayer today, that's your commitment to Christ today, I rejoice with you. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to come, get up out of your seat and come forward and pray with me up here in the front. Maybe you're here today, you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and you've been discovering things today in your heart that God's been putting his finger on and you say, Lord, I just need... I just need that thing out of my life and I need to add these things in my life. If God has been speaking to your heart, would you just come forward here today and pray, or pray right where you are, whatever makes you most comfortable, whatever commitment you need to make today, you come forward. I'll be up here at the front to pray with you. You come as God would lead you during this invitation time. So Jesus, we ask you, work in our hearts today in this way. In your name, amen. So,